I've been playing outdoors since I was a kid, standing by the front door at around two years old, hollering, side, side, trying to get my mom to let me go play outside. Now, after 30 plus years working in the outdoor business, I'm dropping insider conversations every week with brand leaders, guides, marketers, CEOs, and others that make the outdoor business a trillion dollar juggernaut that drives product innovation, revenue, and public policy for everything outdoors. I'm Rick Says. Welcome to the Outdoor Biz Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. This is Cruise Radio. In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. We're going to check in with Andrew. He is aboard MSE Bellasima on the very first cruise from Southampton. It's going down to the Mediterranean and repositioning there. So we're going to check in with him, internet willing. And cruise critics Gina Kramer will be stopping by to talk about her recent trip aboard Royal Caribbean's Navigator of the Seas. The ship just underwent this massive $115 million refurbishment. So we'll check in with Gina in just a bit. And Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Let's see. Cruise Radio News, daily quick hits of the news, Monday through Friday. You can hear it where you listen to your favorite podcast. Just type in Cruise Radio News. And the Cruise Radio YouTube channel. Some new videos up there, one on Carnival Breeze, one on St. John and Trunk Bay. And a review of Guy's Burger Joint. All right, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Hi, Sherry. Hello, Doug. A scary Sunday night for the people on board Norwegian Escape. Right. It happened late Sunday night, actually. Norwegian Cruise Line said that they had a hundred, they clocked it at 115 mile an hour gust of wind. They said it came out of nowhere and caused the Florida bound Norwegian Escape to severely list to the port side. Uh, At the time of the incident, Norwegian Escape was sailing off the coast of New Jersey. We know what that's like over there. Mm -hmm. Several injuries were reported by both guests and crew, but there was no damage to the ship, and it's fully operational and continued on the scheduled itinerary. Uh, When the ship did arrive in Port Canaveral on Tuesday, ambulances were lined up at the pier just in case anyone needed further medical attention. Um, It's not expected to impact the next sailing, which will depart New York City on Sunday. But, you know, that reminded me of Anthem of the Seas, right? That had an incident off the coast of New Jersey with some storms. Mm -hmm. It must be a rough area. Have you watched any of the videos of people filming during the tilt? Oh, oh, it's awful. (laughs) There was one guy, not to make light of it, but he was sitting at the bar, like just drinking his drink and the ship's like, you know, rolling over and he's just sitting there like holding onto the bar and drinking his drink and everyone's going flying except him because he's not letting you over that drink or the bar. <laughs> I don't know what would be worse to be on the stairs or in an elevator. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Ugh. This next story caused a little bit of controversy with Holland America charging for a second entree. Yeah, this is not going over well, as we can expect. Holland America announced they're testing a program that charges guests if they want to order a a second dinner entree while they're in the main dining room. Uh, The fee is being tested on four ships. That would be the New Amsterdam, Eurodom, Osterdam, and Zyderdam. Um, But they're running two tests simultaneously. One test charges a second entree in the main dining room every night, and the other program only applies for a second entree on gala nights. The, The test will continue through March, and then at that time, apparently, Holland America will decide whether or not to continue the upcharge. So 
I don't know. This is, uh, like you said, this is the only cruise line so far, but we know what happens when one gets away with it. I'm curious. They're saying it's to eliminate food waste, but is it really to eliminate food waste, you think? Probably not. Probably not. In fact, a reader wrote to me and said the main area she sees food waste going on is in the buffet. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like anyone you see that orders a second entree at dinner, they're ordering it because they're hungry most of the time. Now, there are exceptions. And most of the time they knock out that second entree. Yeah. Or what if, you know, if two people are traveling together, one gets one entree, another gets something else and they want to share a third, Mm -hmm. you know, are you going to be charged for that? You're only eating half. So I don't know how that's going to go. Um, I, I I really, what do you think is going to happen? It'll be permanent, right? Probably. We'll find out in 20 days, I guess. Right. (laughs) Right. So this next story could have gone really bad, but thank God there was a princess cruise ship in the area. Yeah. This was one of those, you know, sends chills up your spine type stories that, The captain and crew of the Royal Princess were able to assist the U.S. Coast Guard with this particular rescue at sea. A small plane did ditch into the ocean. It was about 25 miles off the coast of Grand Turk Island in the Turks and Caicos. The Coast Guard dispatched a plane, you know, to check out the situation. But Regal Princess just happened to be in the area heading towards St. Thomas. So the captain changed course. The crew uh, jumped into a lifeboat and motored over to meet the passengers who were just floating there in their small raft. They brought the passengers onto the ship, and they're fine, probably a little bit shaken, but they all continued on board as the ship made its way to St. Thomas. That was one of those banner-towing aircrafts. You know, when you're at the beach, you see those big banners behind the planes. It was one of those pipers. So that's like, what, a two-seater at the most? Yeah, two-seater aircraft. All right, last but not least, Carnival Cruise Line has a new food partnership. Emeril Lagasse will open his first restaurant at sea aboard Carnival's new Mardi Gras. It's going to be called Emeril's Bistro 1396. And if you're wondering what the numbers stand for, that happens to be the whole number at the of the ship at the shipyard in Turku, Finland, where, of course, the ship is under construction. The uh, bistro will be located in the Mardi Gras French Quarter-themed area, and of course, will serve Creole-style cuisine and with you know a bit of a Cajun flair. It's going to include many of Emerald's signature dishes like barbecue shrimp, uh, fresh seafood ceviche. They're going to have roast duck and andouille sausage gumbo, and of course, jambalaya. Uh, Mardi Gras will hit the water, so to speak, on August 30th, 2020, for its first sailing in Europe. But we're getting excited over here on Fort Canaveral because Mardi Gras will have the first sailing on October 31st, a seven-night cruise. Yep, brand new terminal, too. Brand new terminal. I forgot about that. Yeah, I have to go over there and check it out and see how it's coming along. The So the dining cost for this, the appetizers are going to cost $2 each, and the entrees are going to cost up to $12 each. Um, for this yeah. Emerald Bistro restaurant. You know, that's still reasonable. I yeah, do totally. it in a heartbeat. No, I mean, if you were to go to Emerald's place in like a Disney Springs or wherever, you'd be paying yeah. like triple that. Yeah, I went there once for New Year's many years ago when my kids were small. Mm-hmm. And I think dinner for four on New Year's Eve, oh my God, we must have spent four or $500. Yeah. But it was a really special, special treat. Yeah. Listener question time. This one's from Peter. Email your questions to Doug at cruiseradio.net, D-O-U-G at cruiseradio.net. I'm looking to do a day resort in Bermuda next summer. I'm able to find Elbow Beach, but do you know if there are any other options? Yeah, Peter, it's kind of slim in, in Bermuda right now. Yeah, your Elbow Beach Resort will give you a day pass. 
The other one that I can find is called Coco Reef Resort, and it's over on Bermuda's South Shore Beach. The cost is about a little over $100 per person per day. Other than those two, you could head to Horseshoe Bay Beach, and you'll find places to eat and drink, plus bathrooms there. But as far as a hotel resort that has that all-inclusive feature where you can go for just the day, it's slim pickings in upscale Bermuda. Yeah, and Bermuda's very pricey, too. When I was there last summer, just for the heck of it, passing different resorts and hotels, going to Horseshoe Bay— there were rooms like $800 a night, and those weren't even all-inclusives. Yeah, and, and you wouldn't want to just rent a room for the day at a hotel, at, not at those prices. All right, Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at cruiseradio.net. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com. We know you can't go on every single cruise, so we do it for you. Find over 200 ship reviews and money-saving tips at CruiseRadio.net. All right, is he on? All right, Andrew is with us. He's currently on board MSC Bellasima. He's floating around in the Mediterranean right now off the coast of Spain. So we're going to kind of rely on internet technology to see if this actually works. Andrew, welcome to the show. Hi, Doug. Yeah, thanks for having me. This ship was christened, like, what, just a couple of days ago? That's correct, yes. Um, the ship was named on the 2nd of March in Southampton. It's only the second MSC ship to be named in the UK. I think their previous ship, Poasia, was named in Dover in 20, 2008. Andrew, I know you've cruised a lot through the years. Um, how does MSC Bellasima differ from other cruise ships you've sailed on? Well, I've, um, I've I've tended to stick to Norwegian. I quite like Norwegian. So, but um, the reason why I chose um, MSC Bellissima because she's a new ship, and um, like the Meragavilia, I quite like the LED dome they got on the promenade. Quite spectacular. That, that's that, it's a totally different ship, an Italian cruise line. I've listened to um, your other people. Um, describing MSC on your podcast. The food situation is there's not a lot of choice uh, in comparison with, like, um, Norwegian cruise lines. It's still an impressive ship. It's, it's worth worth exploring. Obviously, they they're, um, they're kinks, keep seem to be building newer ships at MSC um, for, for a relatively newcomer. Um, I think they started off with their first cruise ships about 20 years ago. The promenade you were just talking about, I've seen photos of it. It looks stunning. It's almost like one of those Royal Caribbean promenades, but on steroids. Walk us through that and describe what it's like. That, that's correct. And obviously, it's not open to the elements, but uh, um, they create different patterns throughout, throughout the day, different sky settings. And um, yeah, they, they do a show um, three times during the, during the evening. The other night they did uh, the four elements of the earth, sort of earth, water and fire, set, set to classical music, um, which was quite good. Yeah, it, it's very good, fascinating to watch. Yeah. Are there restaurants along the promenade as well, or is it mainly an entertainment zone? Yeah, it's um, 
it's surrounded by bars and cafes, um, mm. and it backs onto the the atrium area um, where they got uh, a crystal staircase. And each of the steps, ten thousand pounds apparently. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, we we were cutting in and out, Andrew, during that last bit there because we're really pushing technology here. You're on a ship in the middle of the ocean right now, but we're going to make do with what we have here. The last question I have: What is the overall reception of the guests on board MSC Bellasima? Well, I think um, lot. Like myself, they're they're trying um, have a look, trying a new ship, and um, probably like myself, um, first time with MSC. Um, obviously, it's a large ship, um, hold about four thousand five hundred passengers, and so it's got got quite a few amenities on board, like like um, all the other main cruise lines. Uh. Yeah, I'm excited because MSC Maravilla will be sailing out of New York City shortly, so it'll be cool to check out that LED promenade in person because the technology just looks stunning there. Andrew, enjoy the rest of your cruise on MSC Bellasima. Thank you so much for checking in in the middle of the ocean, buddy. Safe travels home. Thank you, Doug. Nice to talk to you. All right, Gina Kramer just returned from Royal Caribbean's Navigator of the Seas. The ship just underwent this massive dry dock to the tune of $115 million. She's on the line. Hi, Gina. Hi, Doug. How's it going? Good. Now, did I read this correctly? $115 million renovation? That is correct. So you can only imagine how much work was done to the ship. I was looking at these photos Royal Caribbean sent out, and it looks like a lot of attention has been paid to the pool area and the space that people can use well into the evening. Did you get that vibe as well? So. Well, I actually think you you hit the nail on the head when you said that it's a space that can be used into the evening, um, because historically you think about the pool area and it's something that you picture as only a daytime attraction, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, but the pool area on Navigator of the Seas was done up in this you know, really fun, colorful Caribbean theme. Um, but what I really think sets the tone for the whole space is the Lime and Coconut Pool Bar, which is actually a new venue for Royal. Uh, debuting on Navigator of the Seas. And so it's funny because, and I'm totally guilty of this, but I think at first some people initially thought like Lime and Coconut's just another pool bar, Mm -hmm. but it's Mm -hmm. actually this three-level space and it has a main bar on the same deck as the pool. And then one deck above that, there's this balcony with this, you know, cute lounge furniture and then another smaller bar. And then another level above that is the Lime and Coconut rooftop. And both of these higher level spaces they're they're really well thought out. They've got, you know, like I said, cute lounge furniture during the day. I mean, people can use them as additional sun lounging space. But then at night, they sort of transform into these like trendy open air lounges. They've got string lights that turn on and illuminate the whole space. There's gorgeous views of the pool and ocean. So it's really interesting because people can people can hang out, you know, during mm-hmm. the day by the pool. There's no rush to leave to start, you know, to, to leave early, start getting ready for dinner, all that, if you don't want to. You've got Johnny Rockets right there, El Loco Fresh, which is the new complimentary Mexican restaurant. And they've got, you know, nighttime movies on the pool screen. They'll they'll bring out some popcorn. So you can really make it like a full day affair if you wanted to by the pool. Another fun um, tidbit of Lime and Coconut is they have this blender bike, which is a really cool photo op. You can you know, pedal and mix your own margaritas down there. On the subject of poolside, Royal Caribbean's Royal Amplified program, they're really paying attention to these water slides and making them like thrill slides. What was the general reception to these two slides that they put on Navigator? You know, everyone was super excited about both of them. I think probably the most highly anticipated was the Blaster Aqua Coaster. Now, when I was on board, unfortunately, I didn't have a a chance to try out the slides. And in fact, 
when I was on board early last week, the blaster wasn't operational. Um, they're still, you know, they were still doing some work when I was on board, but the, the, so the blaster is this aqua coaster. And what's really cool about it is that you can either do it on your own or with friends because they have single rafts and double rafts. And so that obviously, you know, that makes them both really family friendly rides. I thought what, what was a really cool tidbit too, that I learned on board is that, you know, during the initial kind of design and planning stages, Royal Caribbean, they have this concept team and they actually assign them to go try out different rides in land-based water parks across the country to sort of gauge, you know, what was most popular. And they all came back and agreed to go with this aqua coaster concept. And so that was where the idea for the blaster was born. And then the Riptide, on the other hand, is a headfirst mat racer. It's also very family friendly. And so far from what I've heard, uh, feedback wise from people who have tried it is that they thought it was a little faster than expected, which actually makes me really excited to want to go back on and try it. So I want to get to this blow dry bar thing. I don't know a lot about this. I mean, there's one here on Navigator and Virgin Voyages new ship Scarlet Lady will have one. Do you think this will catch on? Like, is this a service that women will use? I personally think the whole concept of blow dry bars on ships is genius. Um, And I might be a little partial because I'm a female with long, thick, curly hair who hates getting ready. Like it's the last thing I want to do on my vacation. And so for me, the blow dry bar, um, you know, the one I experienced on Navigator of the Seas, it not only takes that tedious getting ready part out of the equation, but it also turns the whole idea of getting ready into a really fun experience. Because the truth is, like, you know, you can go to the onboard salon and you can get a blowout up there if you really want to. But it's hard to socialize in, you know, in the in the salon because there's all these people around getting other services and treatments. And with the to drive for bar, as it's called on Navigator, you can you know, you can show up solo or with some girlfriends if you're traveling in a group. You pick a fun updo from a menu of styles like Beach Don't Kill My Vibe, mm-hmm. I Woke Up Like This, which is the one I actually got, um, and, and they represent different hairstyles. And you can enjoy a glass of bubbly while you're at it. And so that's also where the value, I think, comes in, at least with this one on Navigator of the Seas. I don't think there's too much info out yet uh, about the one on Virgin Voyages, but in, at least on Navigator of the Seas, you know, it's a $39 flat fee, and that includes your blowout with a glass of champagne or water. And it's just all part of the, you know, the experience. I think it's more just the whole social element of that space and the Royal Promenade that that just makes the, the venue stand out. And I think that I could definitely see it becoming a hit, not only on these ships, but, you know, I would hope to see them, you know, on others in the future. Did you get to check out the Bamboo Room? Because after it was added to Mariner of the Seas, a lot of listeners were saying this was their favorite bar on the ship. So I did. I was lucky enough to uh, to pop into the Bamboo Bar for a quick pre-dinner drink. And I can, I can definitely see why it appeals to so many people. It's definitely got this very unique ambiance. It's a colorful space, yet it's even though it's in the Royal Promenade, it feels tucked away and kind of intimate. It's, you know, it's got a Polynesian theme. There's great music. I love the vintage, uh, the vintage style decor and the crafted cocktails on the menu were just as fun. Another neat touch is the fact that they have these, uh, these little sharing bowls, you know, that you can split up with a friend. Mm -hmm. And there's also some light bites that make for some good, you know, appetizers. I think they've got like coconut crab bruschetta, tuna pokey. So that can all pair with these tropical themed drinks and just the whole, you know, package of the drinks and, and the bites and the vibe and everything just makes it a really standout spot. And that's, you know, it's one of many, um, 
you know, located now on the Royal Promenade, in addition to Playmaker Sports Bar, which was another new venue. And it actually makes for a fun, you know, you could you could do a bar crawl if you really <laughs> wanted to, because there's so many unique little spots there with their own personalities. And it's just, it's great how much variety there now is available in terms of, you know, entertainment, entertainment and bars on the ship. Were there any elements of the dry dock that you found yourself thinking, you know what, they should add this to more ships? If I had to single out one thing I thought, or one thing that I'd like to see on more ships, it would probably be the variety of seating by the pool. I love that you could choose cabanas or as they call them, casitas on Navigator of the Seas. There were hammocks. There were these cute, colorful little clamshell loungers, all in addition to the regular deck chairs. And these were spread out on the pool deck as well as the deck above. So there was ample seating. And, you know, it's not something that's new to cruising, this unique seating, you know, hammocks, clamshell loungers. That's stuff that you can see on other ships, too, usually in adults only in the adults only sun decks. But mm. It's definitely something I'd like to see more of. I think it just it opens up more opportunities for for lounging and kind of gets you more into that vacation mode. And another bonus to these new additions on Navigator of the Seas is that they're free to use. Unlike, you know, you go onto a private, you know, cruise line private island, you'll have to pay extra for a cabana. But the little cabanas on board here are free to use. You know, they're all on a first come first serve basis. I hate to break it to the chair hogs, but the same rules apply to these, uh, you know, no throwing towels on the hammocks and walking away for a few hours at a time um, because your stuff could be moved. So uh, they are in high demand, though, from what I've what I've heard so far from the first uh, passenger sailing. In closing, I want to get your thoughts on something. Why do you think that we are seeing cruise lines invest so much money in older, smaller ships? especially when they're introducing all these mega ships, because I mean, after all, Royal Caribbean has like the biggest cruise ships in the world. I think that while a lot of buzz has been around these new mega ships and for good reason, because they're debuting a lot of these really cool features, uh, it's always important to remember that bigger doesn't always necessarily mean better. And what's interesting in the industry now with what we're seeing is this trend of cruise lines investing in these fleet-wide revitalizations beyond the usual routine refurbs that we typically see. And a lot of these programs do involve older, smaller ships. And historically, short cruises were offered mainly on, you know, older ships that lacked all those bells and whistles. But I think through these revitalizations, you know, cruise lines such as Royal are able to inject new life into these older ships. And you know, in my opinion, this is a really smart move in terms of drawing in first time cruisers, too, because, as you know, Doug, you know, a lot of new cruisers will book these short, sh these shorter sailings to mm -hmm. kind of dip their toes into it and see if they like it. So in Royals case, for example, ships like Navigator of the Seas and some of the others that have or will undergo the Royal Amplified upgrades, it's a great opportunity for them to make a lasting impression on these new cruisers and hopefully turn them into repeat cruisers. And I think also what Royal really did well on Navigator of the Seas is they found that balance between adding new features while also staying very true to brands. You know, you're still going to see these Royal Caribbean stables like Chops Grill, Flow Rider, Surf Simulator, Studio B Ice Skating Rink. And, you know, that keeps the the Royal Caribbean loyalty members and, and other returning passengers happy in addition to drawing in, you know, a new breed of cruisers. If you'd like to see more photos of the Navigator of the Seas refurb, check it out at cruisecritic.com. Also link it up in the show notes at cruiseradio.net. Editor at Cruise Critic, Gina Kramer, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Doug. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? 
Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.